The Daily Logos, Episode 9, The Beatitudes, Persecution. Today we are going over the 8th, 9th, and 10th Beatitude. The remaining Beatitudes in Matthew 5 on Christ's Sermon of the Mount is about persecution. Matthew 5, 10-12 said, says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The following information was taken from John Chrysostom's commentary. Blessed are they who suffer persecution for righteousness' sake, that is, for virtue and for piety. I had to look up piety, by the way. I wasn't familiar. Piety is Christian duties and responsibilities. John goes on to say, For all these things are spoken of under the title of righteousness. This follows the beatitude upon the peacemakers. Let us not be led to suppose that it is good to seek peace at all times. Whoever suffers the, excuse me, whoever suffers the persecution of heretics because he will not forsake the truth is likewise blessed. See that he suffers for righteousness. Excuse me, seeing that he suffers for righteousness. Moreover, if any people who seem to be Christians are being corrected by you on account of their sin, they shall persecute you. You are then blessed with John the Baptist. So John Chrysostom is saying we are blessed by upholding God's standards laid out in Scripture when people get mad at us for either telling the truth or correcting sinful behavior, which to me is wild because the whole thing about being a Christian is being better, honoring and glorifying Jesus Christ, turning away from sin and becoming holy, but for some reason the whole accountability piece is completely out the window and there are people misteaching Scripture left and right and... You know, we're, we're told in Scripture, we're commanded to rebuke and reproof and to offer criticism to one another so they can turn away from sinful behavior. And the whole idea uh, of that is people don't understand when they're sinning. So the whole purpose of offering reproof or rebuking is to help people understand that they're sinning so they can turn away from it. You are a Christian, so you should be excited about that. Hey, look, someone pointed out something about me that I didn't know I was doing. I didn't know that was a sin. Cool. Let me repent and turn away from that. And everything gets better. But somehow it's gotten so, so personal. Anyways, the following information was taken from David Guzik commentary. We cannot limit our idea of persecution only to physical opposition or torture. It did not take long for those words of Jesus to ring true to his followers. Early Christians heard many enemies say all kinds of evil things about them falsely for Jesus' sake. Christians were frequently accused of the five, uh, following five things. So this is David Guzik. He's done some research and he was trying to pin down Christian persecution and his the five most common things um, that he was able to come up with we're going to go through. So the first one, Christians were accused of cannibalism because of the misrepresentation of the Lord's Supper, which is the Holy Eucharist. When I read that, I thought to myself, how many of us practice communion with the Holy Eucharist as we're told to do so by Christ? Do we consider Christ's words as mere suggestions? So that's something I'm working on. I'm trying to find a church that um, has communion. Right? And that's a, a tragedy because if you look at the original sacraments of the early church, fast forward to 2022, it's dropped from seven to two. So five of the things that helped us distinguish ourselves in the world through commitment and acting out our faith has been washed away by reformation after reformation after denomination, denomination. So it's a tragedy. And the Holy Eucharist being one of them, we should be doing communion. I think it should be on a weekly basis as a constant reminder that we are in a relationship with Jesus Christ and we should hold ourselves accountable. Persecution number two. Christians were accused of immorality because of their private meetings. This is what came to mind when I read that. 
How often do we meet with those that we love for spiritual growth in private settings rather than a big church without one-on-one -on -one interaction? So I think that's something that we should probably all be doing with our family members and the people that we love. We should be doing one-on-one um, -on -one meetings, like small groups, right? And I've actually been to churches that don't have small groups, which I thought was the weirdest thing. Anyways, I think we should be holding ourselves accountable in small groups and growing together as a family. And if you're a part of a family that isn't Christians, my heart, I'm, uh, that's terrible. I'm sorry to hear that. Find some close friends that are Christians and get together once a week. Have some wine, have some pita bread until you can get into church and do some small groups and refine one another. Persecution number three, Christians were accused of fanaticism because of their fervor and believing that Jesus would return. So, you know, I thought about this when I read that. How many of us have been called religious fanatics or an extremist? Have any of you guys been called that by someone who claims to be a Christian? Think about that. Think about what their relationship with Jesus Christ is like if they call you an extremist for upholding scripture. Persecution number four, Christians were accused of splitting up families because when one marriage partner or parent became a Christian, there was often change and division in the family. So this ties into Jesus telling us he did not come to bring peace but a sword. Commitment to, God, to God's word or scripture brings conflict for those who just don't, who just believe by English definition rather than by Greek definition, or they just simply want to feel good about what Jesus did. And distinguish what the difference between Greek believing in John 3.16 and English believing is. What the original manuscripts are saying in John 3.16 is that it's pastuo ice autos, by the way. That's what it is in the original manuscript, pastuo ice autos. And what that means is trust and conviction in which a man is impelled by the inner and higher prerogative and the law of the soul. So what that means is trust, conviction, and action that urges us forward through grace and salvation and the law of the soul, which is the entire New Testament and any moral or ethical law in the Old Testament. And here's the question that arises when I learned about the persecution for splitting up families. How many of us have had conflict or division in the home because some people think the Bible is mere suggestions or they don't take their faith seriously, resulting in the home being divided? If you're dealing with that, my heart goes out to you. Stay in the scripture and fight the good fight. Don't give up. It's not your fault that adversity is coming because you're trying to uphold scripture. Fifth and final persecution. According to David Guzik, Christians were accused of treason because they would not honor the Roman gods. And what came to mind when I thought about that was how many of us are willing to become an enemy of the state for Christ? How many of us are mentally prepared to die for him? Let's see what else God's written word or the written word of God says about persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. So, how many times have, have you heard people say, Oh, you're doing the whole holier-than-thou thing. You're just a Bible-thumping Baptist. It's like, no. The Bible is the authoritative word of God. It's the, author it's the written authoritative word of God. So if I'm going to call myself a Christian, I have to live by the Bible. And so when you actually strive to uphold Christ's standards and act out the righteousness that he commands us to act out, people hate you. It's a terrible thing. And it's weird because people who call themselves Christians will, will rebuke you for trying to uphold Scripture. It's the wildest thing. Uh, this is the second thing. We're only going to go through four other verses about persecution. The second verse, John 15, 18 says, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. 
So don't be surprised if you are hated for trying to not only live a biblical life, but share the gospel with others. 1 Peter 4, 12-14 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad with his glory when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory in God rests upon you. So, if we're going to share in his glory, we have to share in his sufferings, right? So don't be surprised when you when you try to change your life and either your friends or your family members are all around you. They get in a tiff and there's problems and there's contention. It's like, well, of course, because you're not just the normal you, right? You're changing. The person that they had mapped, the person who they thought you were, you're no longer you know, you're no longer that person because God is doing a wonderful work in your life. So you just keep up the good work, stay in the scripture, and just keep pressing forward. Scripture number four about persecution. 1 Peter 3.17 says, For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Don't give in to sin. Don't compromise on sin. If you're fighting against situations where people are trying to reduce the standards in scripture and you're trying to uphold it you stay there and you do exactly what paul says which is uphold the law because you love jesus christ and jesus christ tells us that is how we demonstrate our love and that is how we abide in love for him it is through the obedience of faith that is the purpose of grace so as you can see it's clear in scripture that we should expect persecution for righteousness sake Later on in this chapter of Matthew that we're studying right now, we will see righteousness mentioned again. Christ says in Matthew 5.20, I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, to understand what this is, we have to understand the condition of the Pharisees. The condition was that they were, in fact, hypocrites. They heard the law, but they didn't do it. They observed the law, so it made them look holy, but they didn't actually do it. They punished others for not doing the law, but they didn't do it themselves. They thought they were righteous just because they received and observed the law from the seed of Moses. And you see James and Paul both talking about this issue. So it's not the receivers of the law that are righteous before God. It's the doers of the law. And James says, don't just hear scripture, do it. And if you're not doing it, you deceive yourself. So how do we know what righteousness look, looks like? 1 John 5.18 says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. So let me tell you this, and hear me clearly. There is not one soul who can come to Jesus Christ without the Father drawing them to him. When the Father draws someone to Christ, the Holy Spirit begins to do a great work in their life to sanctify them, to purify them, to renew them, to justify them, and to mold them into everything Christ calls us to be through Scripture. We are called to be baptized by holy fire and let the parts of us unworthy of Christ to be burned off with the aim to glorify him through becoming like him, which is righteous. And if you want to learn about baptism by fire, I think it's Matthew chapter 3. Um, John the Baptist talks about Jesus is going to come. I'm John the Baptist says, I'm baptizing you by water for repentance. But the person that's coming after me, I don't even deserve to carry his sandals or much less untie it. And he will baptize you by the, by the Holy Spirit and by fire. So there's a baptism by the Holy Spirit. And you'll, you'll learn about that if, you, um, if you'll study the sacraments. And then there's baptism for repentance. They're two completely different baptisms, but again, that seems to be lost in Protestantism. So, <clears throat> how, here's my questions when I thought about that, right? The righteousness in Christ and the pursuit and what we're supposed to be doing and, re and repenting and turning away from sin. This is what I thought of. How many of us want to be righteous and turn away from sin and actually be doers of God's word, not just hearers? 
even in the face of persecution. I mean, think about that. Do you think if someone won't do what the Bible says now that, they'll, that they're going to do it when persecution comes? I mean, think about that. If spiritual complacency is here in the now, what's going to happen when there's any tribulation or trials or people's lives are, are in jeopardy? And that's where the brother of Christ tells us in James 1.22, but, but be the doers of the word and not the hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So when we do not do what the Bible says, we're actually deceiving ourselves. And we have to remember Christ is Lord. And he says in Luke chapter 6, why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? It's ridiculous, right? That's, that's the hypocrisy again. There's a contradiction within us. If we're like, yeah, Jesus Christ is Lord. And then like, oh, forget about the scriptures. I don't have to do what's in it. That's ridiculous. We have to remember scripture is the ultimate authority of God in our lives, right? That is the written word of God. That is God's written word, period. Now, persecution for righteousness sake may come to any of us. If that happens, we have to be prepared. If we want the kingdom of heaven, then we must, then we must fight for it. We must fight for it within ourselves because that is the praiseworthy battle in each of us that Augustine of Hippo talks about. We are to take captive every thought to be obedient to Jesus Christ and all truth in Scripture. We must overcome ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit, then help others overcome themselves. We have to put on the whole armor of God, and we have to stand beside each other as soldiers for Christ, commissioned for His glory, as laborers for His harvest. We have to live out the written word of God as we are drawn to Christ from the Father. Fight the good fight of faith, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Christ tells us in Revelation 21, 7-8, the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be like their portion will be in the lake of fire that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So persecution or no persecution, when this spiritual battle is over, when this race is over, when our physical bodies have passed away, we will have either displayed courage or cowardice. And as a choice, we have to choose now before persecution comes. Let us choose courage and put on the whole armor of God. Let us don the helmet of salvation protecting our minds. Let us put on the breastplate of righteousness protecting our heart. Let us buckle the belt of truth tightly stabilizing our center. Let us wield the sword of the Spirit as our weapon, the Word of God in both of its forms, the written and incarnate form. Let us all wield the shield of faith, rendering the attacks from the enemy powerless. Let us cinch down our boots to keep our footing in the gospel. If persecution comes, let it come. We will be ready, and we will be blessed because of it. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.